I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, you heard Brent Musburger. It's Sharp Money. I'm Patrick Maher. Of course, he's Amal Shaw, the big guy, Dustin Sweetelson, executive producing. As we welcome you back, it is show one. And it was important. I'm going to embarrass our next guest, and he's smiling already because he knows that I'm going to embarrass him. He is Steve Fezzik. He won the the Super Contest twice in a row. He'll absolutely minimize him winning that in just a second. But I wanted to say this. Part of our mission statement here on Sharp Money is to help edify the audience. And by bringing in a Steve Fezzik and bringing in a Scott Spritzer, two professional handicappers that make their living in the business – I think that's exactly what we're going to accomplish. Of course, I'm all Shaw Sharp as all get out as well. And I'm just a dude tagging along, trying to grab your plays. Now, Steve Fezzik, we're going to start with an introduction. First off, it's great to see you. I want people to understand that starting in 2014 and for seven straight years, that dude with the guns and no sleeves on right now (laughs) joined me every single week for, I don't know, maybe it was 30 minutes for seven straight years once a week, Steve. We've been friends for a long time, and it's great to see you. Oh, it's great to see you, and my pleasure to be invited here, and so nice to see some of the other guests like Scott Spritzer coming on, Um, and Scott's just been a staple on your previous show, and of course, hopefully on this show as well. Just tremendous wealth of knowledge. 
And one of the things we wanted to do, I, I believe Mr. Fezzik has agreed to come in every single Monday. We wanted you on Mondays to open up the week in the NFL season, coming as close as we can to the openers. But also, what I need to stress, and Amal, I'm sure you understand this, uh, you've educated Steve Fezzik on our show, The Wrap, on Mad Dog Sports Radio for years. You educated an audience. I still receive emails from people today talking about how much the audience learned from you, how much the audience learned from Scott Spritzer. But let's start with your journey. And then I think it's important for people to understand who you are before we get into some of your talking points today. That is, starts in Ohio, ends up in Los Angeles, and then started a career in sports betting from driving from Los Angeles to Vegas. Do you mind giving us a backstory real quick? Sure. So I'm a math geek, you know, study all the probabilities, former actuary. So I do projections for pension plans. How many people are going to die? Are people going to retire early? How much money has to be in the pension plan to fund everybody? And it's not all that dissimilar in sports to go ahead and project what's going to happen in games and the like. And I basically started dabbling at blackjack, um, read a few books on it, and started coming to Vegas in the mid-'80s, late-'80s. Never really had that much luck with blackjack. And then late-'80s, really early-'90s, discovered sports betting. Couldn't believe it. The, it. It really was the golden age of sports betting in terms of ha having an advantage and just took advantage of things that I'll, – I'll use an example. I talk about the parley cards. that They would print the, the lines, yeah. stale numbers. And you'd get the spread on Wednesday, and you could bet it on Saturday morning. And everyone's like, well, parlay cards are sucker bets. No one should be playing those. Nothing could be further from the truth. The, our, my ROI on those was literally over 50%. And does, it doesn't seem possible, I assure you, ask around, um, including here at the South Point and some other books. And they will verify that um, – Back in the, when they weren't careful pulling games off, when the lines would move greatly, you, you're getting the, so much of the best of it. The players really did well. It's a great point you bring up. I think so many times, Patrick, people are unaware there's opportunities. And you mentioned it back in the 90s and other things. I think before the 2007 economic crash, particularly in this city, you could actually get down for some serious amount of money without the scrutiny or having to move around quite as much as you have to now. Yeah, and, and it's not just parlay cards, but like little things like the South Point raise their odds um, less favorable on teasers. And so what happened is that we all talk about the good old days, an NFL six-point teaser, even money. Well, that got discontinued, and they start, places started charging minus 110, minus 120. But the four-team six-point NFL teaser was still even money at several places. So think about it. If two teams pays even money and then four teams pays three to one, that's like playing even money twice. So it's not high-level math. Same with the six-team teaser that paid seven to one. So shocker, some of the books, including the South Point, like looked at their, you know, their financials and like, we're getting killed on four-team and seven and six-team teaser. Well, shocker, that's because you're paying even money on two-team teasers, and it's even further leveraged so the pros are beating you up with it. Those are no okay, longer so available. Okay, so let's do this. Let's do this. Marina Del Rey, you're working big business as an actuary. At the time, you were a manager. You were making a good salary. You were, if you weren't married yet, you were dating your soon-to-be wife. This is my guess 25 years ago, somewhere in there, Fez, you can correct me on the timeline. But at some point, you're living Marina Del Rey, you decide to pack up and move to Vegas and make it as a sports better. Can you walk us through that portion? Yeah, so it's the late 1990s. I'm wearing out my welcome on some of my betting in Vegas. So I start going to some other places. Northern Nevada, I got to tell you, Cal Neva, um, uh, John Esquaga's uh, Nugget, 
took a lot of action up in Reno with better odds. So I started going to Reno, even dabbled up in Wendover, uh, which is on the Utah border. If you never spent a weekend in Wendover, East or West, I would, I would go West where the gambling is. Uh, you see all the Utah degenerates that like to gamble there. It's, it's quite an experience. Um, there's a story there down the road. But um, bottom line is I'm, I'm going every other weekend. And I've got this high-power job. I'm a vice president. Um, and so I can't go every weekend because of work commitments. I've got buddies that are going up. And, we're, and it was a lot more fun. And I was making more money per hour betting sports. So I said, let me do it. 2001, bang, moved to Vegas. That's awesome. It's such an encouraging story. But, you know, I think the thing that people have to realize is I think your math background is something that can't be overlooked. It's so important. So many of these things, and I go through when you look at some of the props and different things during the Super Bowl, Steve, you'll see different numbers that, wait a minute, how is this like, it'll say, for example, uh, Travis Kelsey, over five and a half catches, but on another prop, you'll see something comparable where the numbers are skewed differently. You could take a comparable prop, but that's at a plus price or something to that difference. I'm not recalling exactly everything off the top of my head right now, but it's amazing if you really delve into the numbers, you can find some discrepancies and some opportunities. Yes. Yeah, so do you want to play Kelsey over six and a half, lay 140? Yeah. Do you want to play him over seven and a half plus a dollar 10? And exactly that sort of mathematical bent. Yeah. Um, same thing with yardage. And, you know, the guy is unabated, I believe, with Captain Jack. Search for Captain Jack on Twitter. They're doing yeoman's work on, you can, I think they actually, you can put in the different options yeah. and it'll spit out based, I think, on a Poisson distribution. Doesn't matter. You don't need to worry about all this ugly statistics. They'll tell you which one is the better of the two plays. But, you know, in terms of those who are betting sports, it's a lot easier in terms of like evaluating do I want to take a minus three, lay a dollar 10, for instance, or do I want to lay two and a half and lay a dollar 15? In general, every half point in most sports, it's worth it if you only have to pay five cents. It's not worth it if you have to pay 10. The exceptions, obviously, key numbers in football. Steve Fezzik joining us here on Sharp Money. I'm all Shaw, Patrick Maher, and of course, Fez every Monday, which we appreciate more than I've let on. A couple things. One, when you grow up outside of Detroit, every kid is a sports better. But my indoctrination and re really where I started to understand was when, remember, you sent me your system. Maybe you can let people know. I don't know if it's still available to order, but remember the CDs you sent me of hours and hours of sports betting dialogue and lessons was amazing. Yeah, so Kevin O'Neill, friend of mine, and I um, went ahead and put together a seminar, and we we basically had like eight hours, 16 hours from, from a weekend of the good stuff talking about things like correlations in college basketball. You know, college basketball is like a little fascinating thing because to use an example, let's assume you got like a 15-point favorite. Yeah. And like, hey, let's lay minus 15 and parlay that with over 150, right? Nice correlation. Sure. But is it such a nice correlation? Because what happens at the final two minutes if that if, if Gonzaga, Gonzaga is a bad example because they run all the time. What if Duke is up 20? Now you're not going to get much scoring at all you know, because they're going to pull it back out and run clock. And it turns out, turns out like a better correlation is like a minus five with the over. That five-point favorite's covering, they're probably going to – there's a good chance they'll be up seven, eight, nine, all great numbers for a foul fest. I, I love what Steve just said there because I think that's so crucial to it. The one thing I will tell you for me, though, I've noticed over the years is when a game has, let's say a team's up by 20 at the break, I'm going to tell you right now, that second half turns into open gym. Nobody plays defense. You'll get a total of 75, 76, 77. They'll wind up at 82, 83. You see it out west, Santa Clara, Pepperdine. Lorenzo Romar's teams have never played defense in his entire life. 
and you see it constantly. These teams with the high-scoring affairs that you get in the second half of some of these games. So I think Steve brings up a great point, especially, though, when you have those games where you have a number somewhere between five and eight and a half to potentially nine. If a game is within a certain number of possessions, I mean, it's almost sometimes you're like, hey, don't foul. There's nine seconds remaining, and all of a sudden somebody will foul. I got beat on a play with Clemson and Louisville a couple of weeks ago. I took Louisville in-game plus nine and a half. Uh, Clemson airballs a shot, Patrick. And next thing you know, okay, Brunel's like, hey, call it off. They're about to foul. And the guy, the referee should have called a foul. He's looking at him like, what the hell are you doing? Instead, L. Ellis runs up the floor like he was laying nine and a half and goes in and dunks the ball. Let me tell you right now, I started looking for Ellis's email address. I mean, I was so ticked off. I couldn't believe this guy goes in for a dunk when the game is over and they're not fouling anymore. You know, it's both an art and a science because there's certain games that can go ahead and change the course of the rest of the year. Look no further than the Iowa-Michigan State game. Yeah. So Iowa's drawing dead. They're down 10. There's a minute to play. Yeah, they do the stupid foul fest. And, of course, they have no chance to come from behind. Only they did. <laughs> and they win. So now all of a sudden every coach that is yes. kind of like, hmm, should I extend the game or not? Now they're like in, in the press conference. If anyone questions what they're doing, all they have to do is say Iowa. And they're cool. They're good. So I would make the case we're probably going to see more foul fest solely from that one game. Patrick, he brings up a great point there. Think back to the Texas A&M Northern Iowa game in the NCAA tournament. They were down big. They end up coming back with the fouls. And I think to Steve's point, something that's going to be very vital to people as you're betting March Madness, you will see a plethora of fouls. Lavin was notorious for this at St. John's. They would start fouling with about a minute and a half, two minutes to go. You'd wind up with 20-plus points in the final minute or two. So if you're betting a total or if you're potentially looking at a side on something in-game, something that's really important to pay attention to. Not that Amal Shaw is bitter. Go back and listen to the last two anecdotes about getting burned, and he's absolutely better. That was ridiculous. Hey, I, it, it sounds ridiculous, and I'm glad you remembered. Uh, Fez, when we come back, you've talked to me about the proliferation of sports betting and becoming legalized and changing the space. If someone were to come to you today and say, I want to be a professional sports better, I want to get your answer when we come back. Steve Fezzik joins us here on Sharp Money. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check out the current betting splits data. If you want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game, the betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see the changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Amal Shaw, I'm Patrick Maher. Of course, the big guy, Dustin Sweetelson. Sharp money here on VSIN, the sports betting network, the debut. I couldn't have a debut show without bringing... Not just a close friend, but somebody that I respect more than anybody in the industry. His name is Steve Fezzik, at Fezzik Sports on Twitter. Beware of the perpetrators, because there are a lot of them. But at Fezzik Sports is the official Twitter, Twitter handle. Um, I asked you going to break about somebody that's starting now and gets the bug, right? And they want to become a professional handicapper. You started your professional handicapping journey back in the early 90s. What would you say to somebody in 2023 that wants to become a pro? Go east, young man. The, um, you know, all these states that are just legalizing sports betting, they're, um, they're learning as they go. So you're playing against the DraftKings, the FanDuel's, and they have such tremendous menus available. And frankly, they haven't been in the business for very long, such that those aren't available here in Nevada. I know guys, um, I'm friends with Crackman, for instance, he literally, he can bet in any book in Las Vegas 
and he'll be driving over the Hoover Dam to bet in Arizona. Why do you think Crackman's doing that? Just because he likes to, you know, see the desert landscape? No, because the opportunities in some of the, these other states, especially on player props and on, I'll use an example during Super Bowl props, you could bet the fourth quarter versus the first quarter. And without going into great detail, the fourth quarter was minus 170 versus the fourth quarter. The first quarter, I did not have a good Super Bowl, but that was one prop that was just like, just outstanding. The right number on that number was more like minus 280. So think about that. When are you ever going to find a baseball team minus 170 that should be minus 280? The answer, people will disagree with me. They're wrong. The answer is never. You're never going to get a, a baseball team that's that mispriced or a baseball game. But um, it happens all the time with props. I love the point you bring up about that in terms of finding some of the numbers that are astute and in terms of things. I think people get a little bit concerned, like minus 170. Well, the reality of it is, the fourth quarter is generally going to have far more scoring than you see in a first quarter situation, and we saw that materialize in the Super Bowl, Patrick. 100%. Best sports to bet. Now, you've talked about the number in the NFL becoming razor thin, okay? But you have started with, our, with my guy, Jared. You have started to jump into the prop market. Uh, let's talk about the best sports to bet. One, you have NFL props. Two, you go NBA props. And then three, you go college basketball, Steve. Yes, and those in Vegas are going to say, well, wait, there really aren't very many NBA props or NFL props that we can bet versus the East Coast. So if you're if you're sitting here in Nevada, I'd say it's time to start focusing on things like, uh, you know, Gil Alexander does a tremendous job with tennis matchups and has had great success with that NASCAR matchups, WNBA. Look towards a smaller sport and take advantage of that because the NFL line is so razor thin in terms of edges and the like that, um, you know, I've had debates with folks and I I'm well aware that so-and-so hit 68% in a contest or 73%. You know what my over under on that person is the next year in terms of how they're doing that contest, 53%. It's a pretty accurate line going forward. It's hard to beat the NFL. I would agree with you. I think the other thing that he brings up a great point is you can have an outlier and you look at it. I looked at 10 years of Westgate history. On average, you had people that were getting about 59, 58, 59, maybe 60 points in terms of those contests. And to your point, to be able to duplicate that, that's why your success has been so impressive because it is so hard in the NFL. Uh, you mentioned college basketball. I personally feel like that's one of the biggest advantage sports to be able to bet on. I think that even though they use power ratings, I think there are certain teams. Like, I can tell you right now, there aren't probably 10 people that watch more Metro Atlanta college basketball than I do. And if you understand some of these teams and how they perform, what they're going to do in certain situations, I think it's a huge advantage. Yeah, spot on that specialize. And yeah. ideally, specialize on a conference that isn't like the SEC or the Big 12. Don't specialize on the conference that's on TV. Um I don't know why Louisiana Tech is a dead team right now. I think their best player is out. I'm not sure why they're just horrendous, but I know this. You don't want any part of Louisiana Tech. And because the sharp guys that know what they're doing have told me that's the team we bet against each and every night just right now. I, I think they've lost six in a row just going off the top of my head. They got blown out uh, the other day against, I think it was in Middle Tennessee. Yes, and, and, and here's an example as far as line open six, I believe, closes eight and a half. And probably there was still value minus eight and a half, but think how good that is to lay six instead of, instead of minus eight and a half. Patrick, I really want to emphasize, and you see me, the extra half point, people have no idea how valuable that is. They, it's poo-pooed a little bit, and it's just criti critical to success. 
Can I mean, you do me a, can you can, real quick? Can you do me a favor and put your arm down because I'm being intimidated by your triceps? Go ahead, <laughs> Amal. In terms in terms of the half a point you mentioned, obviously in the NFL it's huge. We see so many of these games at the three, three and a half, four situation and scenario. In terms of basketball, particularly NBA or college, uh, NBA games tend to be a little bit closer. But in college, you you get just such a variance. I don't think the one thing I think in college football in particular, they can't quantify how much better Ohio State's too deep and Alabama's too deep is against some of these other teams. Is there an alarming concern for you in those sports from betting in terms of the half a point? Because Johnny Avello and I were talking about one day, the move is it can be pretty large in college football on certain numbers, on large numbers. Let's say Bama's playing in New Mexico State, and they go from 37 to 41 and a half, obviously through 38, which being a critical number there. But my point is, I think some of these situations at the collegiate level are not as egregious as they would be at the professional level. Yeah, I, I agree directionally yeah. that if, if I can get a half point in game line at eight, yeah. I prefer that to a game, in college basketball here, to a game line 28. Sure. But it's still, I'll, 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 I'll be more than happy to do a dinner bet with you that you can take any 35-point spread, mm-hmm. and I'll lay 35 and take 37. And lay a dollar ten in each direction, and you let me play that for enough a big a big enough sample size. I won't win as much money as if I was laying six and, and taking eight, but I'll still wind up the better of it. Still, each half point is still worth more than five cents, is what what the actual math is. Sure. Okay, let me do this because if I let Amal and Steve keep going, it's going to go over a lot of new betters' heads. You mentioned specialization. This is something you talked about with me ten years ago. Pick a smaller conference, focus on that. Understand the rhythms of the teams within that conference. Don't spread yourself over too thin when you're just getting started, Fez. That's college basketball and college football, the importance of specializing. Yeah, we talked about like teams that blow out other teams in college basketball and how the second half plays out. So anyone who used to watch Coach K and Duke knows Duke would get up 20 and run the clock and you'd bet under, whereas Gonzaga – they just keep running. You know, that's that's what they do. You don't want to play a Gonzaga blowout under. You know, Steve brings up a great point, knowing the teams, their tendencies. You know, I mentioned Steve Lavin earlier when he was at St. John's, the tendency to foul. You have certain teams that foul. You have other teams that just don't do that as much. And I think that becomes crucial when you look at betting, whether it's a total, a side, what have you. But something that's really important to know. And I thought Steve brought up another great point, which is specialization. Think about this in any industry or whatever you may be in. The better or more knowledgeable you can become in that particular area, obviously it's going to give you an advantage. And I think that's a point sometimes that goes over people's head. And Steve brought up a great point, which is the SEC and the Big 12. You know, everybody knows these teams. Everybody knows. And right now, Keontae George dealing with an ankle injury for Baylor. So, okay, people will take that into consideration. You look at the uh, situation surrounding Brandon Miller at Alabama. That was a concern. We saw them on the road laying 18 at South Carolina. They wind up in overtime against the Gamecocks. So I think those things are all readily available. But if you pay attention in some of the summer, smaller areas, some of the other things, I think there's an advantage there. Every Dallas Cowboys game is going to be viewed by 20, 30 million people. But if you look at some of the other smaller things, Steve referenced prop bets. I, I think that's such a great and brilliant point that people really need to hone in on, not just, okay, you know what, it's Monday Night Football. And, Steve, I want to get your comment on this. The best piece of advice I ever got was on college football. It was a Thursday night game. And I was in college at the time. A friend of him goes, he goes, if that game was on Saturday, would you bet on it? And I said, no. He goes, then why the hell are you betting on it now? And, and, you know, I'll answer it. Yeah. You're right. Directionally, absolutely, yeah. sides and totals. I'm betting on it now because now there's eight props that, that wouldn't be up there on Saturday. So yeah. I go back to, like, the Super Bowl. People say you shouldn't bet more on the Super Bowl. Yeah, I've heard this before than any other game. But there's a 1,000 props to bet on the Super Bowl. So I, I agree on the side and the total. Yeah. I will, I'll even go as far as to say, like, on the, you should bet more on the Super Bowl on the sides because even though it's a razor-thin line – 
places like the South Point are dealing minus 105 in each yeah. direction on the money line. And, and, I mean, literally, it was a big free bet type of thing. You could bet the Eagles, and you could get minus 110. Or you could bet Kansas City all week long, plus one half, lay 105. You know, so um, big games oftentimes have you know, promos, and you can take advantage of almost like playing into a big free line in situations like that. And as it turned out, after watching the Super Bowl, I think the right line was pick them. Somebody had to win. Kansas City won. So if you, if, you, if you won with Kansas City, don't take a victory lap. If you lost with the Eagles, don't be depressed. <laughs> when we come back, I want to ask you, Fez, you often minimize winning the Super Contests in consecutive years. I want to ask you coming back, because now with obviously the advent of Circa Millions, Amal's done very well with Circa Survivor. I want to talk about contest betting when we come back and why in the hell you always minimize your accomplishments. Okay, we'll do that as we continue. It's smart money, a sharp money, pardon me. I'll get the name right eventually here on VSIN, the sports betting network. We have a sharp person in studio, so I can call it sharp money. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, in addition to the new shows, VSIN's kicking off some new podcasts as well. You got the VSIN College Basketball Betting Podcast, some of the best college hoops analysis around. Tim Murray, Matt Humans, Fez's boy, and Adam Burke. Also, VSIN's Hockey Betting Podcast featuring Danny Burke and NHL betting expert Annie McNeil. They cover all things hockey twice a week. Make sure you check them out. All the podcasts are easily easy to find over at vcin.com or wherever you download your podcast. It's vcin.com slash podcast. As we welcome you back, it's day one of the new lineup. This is Sharp Money. I'm Patrick Maher. Of course, he's Amal Shaw, a good friend and one of the sharpest guys in the business. Steve Fezzik joins. Fez, you won the Super Contest twice. I wanted to ask you about how contest betting has changed. And, of course, Circa's done a great job getting in the business of the contest, but the Super Contest uh, continues as well. First off, you always minimize winning the Super Contest twice. Why do you do that? Well, there's only 300 people around. So, you know, Jackie Chan won the, the main event back-to-back years with a comparable number of people. Now when there's 3,000, 5,000 people in these contests, it's a whole lot harder. And, you know, I'll be the first to say James Salinas, what he did winning first and then having a top five against these mega stacked um, tournament fields, I would say was more impressive than me winning back to back. So, you know, kudos to James for that. By the way, Patrick, I'm learning something new, not only about betting, but about humility because I don't have any. So this is always great yes. to be with somebody that does. <laughs> well, and also what, what Steve is kind of issuing is that at the time when the super contest had 300 plus contestants, those were 300 of the sharpest people on the planet entering yeah. the contest. That wasn't, it wasn't very popular to get together with your boys in Michigan and then get a runner here and, and get involved in contests. You have to give yourself a little credit that you were beating some of the sharpest sports betters on the planet, Fez. What? And- Go ahead, Steve. Sorry. Well, well, I was ahead of the curve, too, in terms of how important extra half points were in betting rogue lines. And I certainly took advantage of that. And I won some other contests as well, including here at the South Point. And what happened is now my edge there has been diluted considerably because what happens is that there's a whole lot of other guys who are playing similar to, yeah. to, to myself that weren't playing that way back in, in, in the mid-2000s where I had, you know, a big leg up over, you know, a big portion of the field and not so much anymore. I think that's a great point. The other thing, to your point, Patrick, that you talk about minimizing, I still think that 
Regardless, the one thing I respect about the contest, whether there's 10 people or 10,000 people, you still have to be able to pick winners. Obviously, with 10 people, you could have you could basically win hardly any games and be successful. But at the same time, you're still reaching a certain benchmark because even with the people that are good and talented, there's still a lot of luck involved in it as well. So, you know, to be able to overcome all those things is really impressive. So let me do this. I was eavesdropping on Amal Shaw and Steve Fezzik's conversation during the break. And there was a lot of buzzwords being thrown around. Amal, you were talking about risk tolerance. Mm -hmm. And Fezzik was going crazy and getting animated about if you want to win in betting and gambling just in general, this is what you need to do. <laughs> Let's start there, Fez, with what a better needs to do. And then Amal will go to you with risk tolerance. Go ahead, Fez. You know, let me talk about sports betting bet sizing because I'm very passionate about this. The optimal bet sizing for a recreational better is to bet the same amount on each and every game. That amount is zero because you're playing at a disadvantage. All right, you want to have some entertainment? Bet $5 and always bet the same amount. Bet, bet very modest. By the way, nothing is cheaper than betting sports versus everything else. So if you bet $100 in a game and you randomly bet it, you're going to lose $4.54. Last time I checked, golfing in this town is a little more expensive than $4.54. So I'm fine with recreational betting and the like. Um, what does chafe me is that as you get to be a better better. And I hear people advocating what's well, so hard to ascertain exactly what your edge is in terms of sports betting. So you, so you should flat bet on everything. Th that's terrible advice for a pro. I, I, I'm friends with lots of pros. None of them would agree with that because the really good pros are going to have, I would say once a month, they're going to say, oh my God, I can bet the fourth quarter minus 170 versus the first quarter. How much do I want to wager? Well, a zillion. Wait, wait a minute. What do, you, what, do you, what do you mean your whole bank? Because I can just scalp it. I could just play it back plus 220 when it gets fixed and hammered into place. And so if you're doing this right and you're really doing your research, you're going to come across bets like this. You know, the probably the best example on the East Coast is the famed Draymond Green game where when Golden State, when Clay came back, they wanted to get the gang back together yeah. and have everybody, everybody starting. So, so everybody knew Draymond Green was going to play 18 seconds in that game, except for the sports books that put up his over-under and rebounds, assists, points, et cetera. And literally, some books on the East Coast lost millions on people playing same-game parlays, which are normally totally sucker bets. Don't play same-game parlays unless you're playing Draymond <laughs> Green unders. Then play lots of them in games like that. I think it's a great point he brings up. You know, to me, I look at that Conor McGregor fight, right? You'd look at it. There was the casual fan was all over Conor, but everybody else, nobody could beat him in the boxing world, Patrick. Now, all of a sudden, you've got a guy who's not a, a professional fighter in the sense of boxing. I get MMA. And so, to Fez's point, there's a few of those games where you find, and I always like to say, unload the clip. And that was one of those situations where you want to unload the clip on some of those types of things. So, McGregor is like 20 to 1, I believe, yeah. at open. Somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't quote me on that. And the money just keeps coming on Floyd. And what happens, some pros are embarrassed. They're like, they, they bet Floyd, like, laying minus 800. Like, yeah. oh, it can't get better than this. And it goes all the way down to minus 400. I'm at a party at Teddy Cover's place, yeah. all right? Literally, the first two rounds, uh, McGregor doesn't look very good. It looks yeah. very competitive. In fact, Connor, I think, wins one of the fights, one of the rounds, the other rounds, like, like a, a push. We are staring at each other saying, you know, we're going to eat ramen noodles <laughs> for the next month if, um, if this winds up, you know, playing out with, with this, this upset. But think it, it, it would be the greatest upset of all time, a 50-0 boxer yeah. losing to an MMA fighter, and yet you only had to bet four to win a dollar. And, and pros, there's lots of bets pros make to where they lay minus four. Heck, the other night... Correct me if I'm wrong. Was it Tennessee? Was playing South Carolina? 
Yeah, they were 20, 22 points at home. I, I, I laid yeah. minus 4,000. Yeah. I thought it was a great bet. I, 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 so I risked 4,000 to win nothing. You know, call me a square. No, but I'm going to tell you, I'm glad that Steve brought that point up. <laughs> I love that because there are certain plays in certain square. situations that that are just, hit, to his point, you can't pass it up. And that's what drives me nuts when people go, well, you got to bet the same unit on baseball. Max Scherzer pitching and some other fifth man in the rotation is not the same in certain situations. And I love the point you just made. Tennessee at home, it's just, I, I love the point he made there. Well, I'm going to ask you about risk tolerance yeah. and all, but before we do, with new betters getting into the space, you see a lot of gambling talk on social media, which I'm sure Steve Fezzik, who sometimes can't control it, I'm sure it drives you crazy. Would you say your pet peeve would be, number one, uh, same-game parlays or those that tease college football? Because I know that drives you crazy. Well, that's an interesting question. So what is the household higher on, a college football tease or a same-game parlay? It's probably comparable that they're both around 25%. And the bottom line is, I, I argue with people on Twitter, and they're like, well, I've been teasing college football for years, and I've been winning. And, and, I'm, and it's all I can say is that, well, one, you've had really good positive variance, and two, if you're good enough to actually be winning on your plays when you're teasing college football, you're going to be printing money betting these teams straight because without going on to the math machinations, the um, the edge you would need, you'd have to be like a 58%, 57% handicapper to be able to win playing college football teasers because that extra six points is only going to benefit you like it's only going to land on that corridor maybe 13% of the time. I, I love the point he made there, and we've talked about this at length at this network in terms of not to tease college football, but uh, it's such a great point. I think people, one of the mistakes I see people when it comes to betting, they just automatically move the line six to seven points in their head without even taking a look at it. Oh, this is plus seven. I'm going to take plus 14. It, it's just amazing, Patrick. Uh, okay. So a couple of things. One, Fezzik sent over copious notes this morning. We have yet to get to one of your points. So we'll carry those over <laughs> till next week. That's yeah. why every time we get together, there's so much to discuss. Before we say goodbye, just got two minutes here, Fez. Uh, you and Jared, you got anything for tonight in the props market or anything otherwise? Well, Jared almost always is one of the best live wagering people in the world. And that's what his focus has been. So until the games start, and by the way, Todd Wishnev has picked up on this. Todd has always been a big proponent of betting live. And I, 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 I bust his balls a little bit. He comes on shows and I'm like, who do you like tonight? And I, I always tell Todd, how can you be unprepared and not have any plays ready to go? Well, I am Todd today because I have nothing. I'll be betting as, after well, the game no. starts. Well, hold on. Let me follow up. And this is a question that Dustin had for you because we've talked about the delay with streaming and in-game betting. How do you kind of combat that? We only like to bet during TV timeouts because you're actually watching something that has happened 45 seconds ago, and it's just too big of a delay to bet as the teams are going up and down the court. Let me add some value conference tournaments start tonight in the Atlantic Sun. We spoke about um, how teams will foul to the bitter end. Well, they really will foul when it's their last game and their season's on the line. That means scoring will go up. However, with the importance of the game, teams will be very close to the vest and play slower oftentimes. That means scoring will go down. So how do we approach this? All things being equal, if you like a conference tourney under, I would look towards the first half to go under. If you like an over, I would look towards live late to bet it over or just bet the entire game over. I would avoid first half overs and conference tourneys in most cases. Dustin, there's your pro tip for the day. We're going to come back with open tabs, picks, and pro tips. He's Steve Fezzik. And by the way, when you're in-game betting, Steve used to preach 
Focus on one game at a time. Don't spread yourself too thin. We'll continue that conversation later next week. At Fezzik Sports on Twitter. He is a professional handicapper and a friend. Thank you, Fez, for joining us on our debut show. Appreciate you. Thank you, Patrick. We're back. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth. On Death of an Artist Season 2, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever, and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw. 
on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, big guy, thank you. Bet Rivers, of course. Make sure you check them out if you're betting soccer, if you're betting the Arnold Palmer. They got top 10 insurance. If you're betting combat sports, UFC 285 parlay insurance, it's Bet Rivers Sports. Bet Rivers Sportsbooks over at BetRivers.com. Thank you to Bet Rivers for sponsoring Sharp Money. Check out BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. It's a whole new game over at Bet Rivers. As we welcome you back, Steve Fezzik, thank you again for stopping by. Uh, like I said, a good friend of mine and one of the best in the business. He's going to be joining us every Monday in hour three. Every Wednesday in hour three is going to be Scott Spritzer, another professional handicapper. We've got Myriad. We've got Mike Somich joining one of the best uh, horse racing handicappers on the planet. We've got my guys from the Racing Dudes. We've got JBT. We've got Josh Applebaum. We've got plenty to get to. Amal Shaw, of course. I'm Patrick Maher. He is Dustin Sweetelson. I've got a couple of soccer plays uh, coming up that I want to get to. Also, a little something we call open tabs uh, in the last segment of the show. We kind of clean up what we missed during the show. I think Amal may have a lean in college basketball. But I wanted to get to this because a really interesting conversation that you and Fezzik were having during the break where you were going off about risk tolerance. Mm -hmm. Can you help the audience understand your philosophy, Amal, on risk tolerance? Yeah, so, I mean, this is kind of from a poker standpoint, but it's applicable in sports as well, is the fear of losing. So if you have that fear, you tend to play much more conservatively or you're going to take an approach that's a one that you don't want to lose, if that makes sense to you. So you tend not to play as aggressively or you might be what we call, you know, scared money. And then the old adage is scared money doesn't make money. And one of my biggest things in, in poker is that if you look at somebody and you can kind of gauge that, hey, this person is fearful of once the stakes get higher and higher, uh, I think you can take huge advantage of that. And in sports, if you find the right game, are you willing to take the risk in a certain situation? You know, Fez brought up a great point about the Tennessee game. That may not necessarily be the best example because it's a minus $4,000 play that he's referencing. But if you still love a play, are you willing to kind of put your chips all in if you don't have pocket aces? And I think that's something that people should be cognizant of, whether it's in poker or in sports betting. Okay, well put. We also want to run back man in the mirror because I believe the big guy in open tabs would like to react. If I could give a couple, <laughs> wait, show up the picture. You got it. That picture I didn't see before. This is brand new. We got to show that is the king of pop and the king of modesty, a remix, Michael Jackson with Amal Shaw's face superimposed over it. I mean, that's a tremendous, your locks look incredible there, Shaw. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Took a yeah, while. No. Yeah, certainly. You're welcome. Oh, okay, C couple of things. One, um, Liga MX. Are you familiar with Mexican soccer, Amal Shaw? I'm familiar with it. I don't bet it much, but I know one thing, that league is an under-machine league. It, it tends to be. However, we're simply betting a price tonight. Uh, the best team through eight games played in Liga MX is Monterrey. They've won seven, lost one in eight games played. They're taking on Leon today at Leon. Now, Leon last time out drew nil-nil to Juarez, and Juarez is terrible. Leon can't score. Now, defensively, they're very, very good, but I just mentioned that Monterey is the best team in Liga MX. Again, they've won seven of eight. Uh, they've won their last three, I think it is, on the road. 
and they travel to Lyon today. Check out this price. And again, sometimes you're just playing a price. I can catch Monterey tonight at plus 175. It's been bet down to 170. This was part of the thread there, the text thread with Mike Palm that we were talking about earlier, Amal. But Monterey plus 170 is a price I'm taking tonight. Liga MX, uh, that's 705 Western, 1005 Eastern at Leon. Take the plus 170, a big plus price to start the show. What do you think about that? Like that one, 21 points so far for Monterey in the standings so far through eight games played. Leon with just seven games played with 11 points so far. But the one thing with them is they don't give up a ton. They don't score a lot. So we'll see how this one goes. A hundred percent. Also, if you want to have some fun, MLS. Did you know MLS debuted this weekend, Shaw? I did. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know what else you want me to say. He snapped at me. Uh, I didn't Portland snap Timbers, at you. I uh, Sporting Casey. He can two confirm years ago, those reports. Oh, <laughs> like two years ago, the Portland Timbers were in MLS Cup. Last year, they missed out on the postseason. Yeah. Sporting Casey had a disastrous year last year. Providence Park is a t- just a horrible place for road teams to go in and pick up a win. Uh, of course, it is tough in general to win on the road in MLS. You can get plus 103 on the Timbers tonight. Uh, not necessarily as official as the Monterey play, but I will take the plus 103 on Portland opening up their season tonight. Providence Park up in Portland where the fans are rabid and sporting KC, who's going to be much better this year. Uh, but I do look for Portland to win tonight in their debut. Like the call there, this is an interesting league. I'll tell you, I don't follow MLS uh, as much. To me, I love the Premier League, uh, obviously La Liga and Bundesliga. But um, just my thing, people ask me all the time, how come you don't follow the MLS? I always ask them, do you follow single-A baseball? Oh, stop it. Man in the Mirror, the segment was a debut earlier today. Just ask them all. He killed it. However, (laughs) the big guy, executive producer Dustin Sweetelson, he gave one, two, three, four, five points in Man in the Mirror today, and you have a rebut for all five? Well, it's more that I just felt like I was being personally attacked by these things that Amal was bringing up today for Man in the Mirror. That's all. There's just a lot that, that hit home. Can we get the coach's stink part in the final minute? How that personally impacted you? Can no, no, you, that, that's you well. Yeah, that I, I don't. It's not that. It's uh, I'll go with the bottom three. People would rather have big tickets than winning tickets. Yeah. I'd say a good forty percent of my social media feed on Twitter at Dustin Sweetelson is just me flexing on these big tickets that I have that eventually <laughs> don't cash, but they feel really, really good when they feel really, really real for a few moments a day or a week or a month, however long I have them and I'm sitting on them. So I did feel personally attacked by that. Uh, don't follow people in relationships on social media. Um, all I don't care what your personal thing is, whatever you got going on. If I'm in love with you on the internet, I'm in love with you on the internet and we just, we can't move on. So it doesn't matter if you're married or not. I can fall in love with married people on the internet. Also big fan of the movie, Diane Lane, unfaithful, great watch. So you're not following people who are married Oh, Diane Lane and Unfaithful, is that a dime piece. That's it's 10 perfection. 10. <laughs> By the way, I was going to uh, say, when is she not? But that was a good movie. By the way, I got to give Richard Gere credit for taking the uh, the globe and just smashing him in the back of the head. It's a good, it's a good poll. <laughs> it's a good poll. <laughs> kind of a weird turn to hey. end our first show. Speaking of which, I don't know if you have an official play, but earlier today you mentioned Baylor Oak State tonight. Yeah. You're kind of losing the number. It looks like Baylor's down to one, one and a half. Yeah, it's going to go money line here regardless. Okie State at home at Gallagher, Iowa. They've lost four in a row overall. But the big thing for me right now is Baylor was able to overcome Keontae George going out in the game against Texas at home. I think it's going to be a tougher spot here tonight. Oklahoma State needs this game. Uh, Avery Anderson going to be a game-time decision. I expect him to go tonight for um, Oklahoma State in this one. 
Uh, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State here, plus 105 on the money line. Patrick, I'm a big uh, take the money line in certain situations. Now, the one and a half might be intriguing at, at minus 110. From a mathematical standpoint, it's much better to take the uh, one and a half here because you don't get the value of going from 110 to plus 105. But I still think Oklahoma State wins this game tonight. They get uh, back on track here as they need this one if they're going to make a push to the NCAA tournament. Where are you at on these two teams? Let's start with Baylor. I think they're dangerous. Now, George's ankle injury, how long he's going to be out remains to be seen, probably a week. But in the Big 12 tournament, I have them as one of three teams that could win the conference tournament in Kansas City uh, when they take uh, when it takes place at the T-Mobile Arena. Uh, KU, of course, and Kansas State, I think, are both other two teams that are dangerous there. I'm sorry. And I can't forget Texas. Texas is also one you got to pay attention to as well. I think that at the top is very competitive, but it's also open. If I were to tell you Big 12, I mean, Big 12 far and away is the best league in college basketball. It's really not that close. If you were to start ranking them after that, how would you start? Probably go. It's a great point. Nobody's in the rearview mirror to the Big 12. Uh, then I would look at uh, potentially, I would go the Big East. I think the Big East at the yep. top has got teams that are more dangerous. Uh, obviously, we talked about Marquette, Connecticut, Creighton. Uh, Providence, Ed Cooley's had a great year. Nobody's talking about them. Uh, Justin Moore is now back for Villanova. Watch out for this team in New York City at Madison Square Garden. I think that could be dangerous. I'd go third SEC. I'd go fourth. I'd go Big Ten. Fifth, I'd probably go with uh, the ACC. And then sixth, I would go with the Pac-12. The Pac-12's got two teams, Arizona and, um, of course, UCLA. But to me, SC's a dangerous team. But they don't have the depth. The rest of the conference, I mean, Cal might be the worst Power 5 team in college basketball. Okay. Decent primetime, Tim Murray, Sean King coming up next. Big guy, did we miss anything with open tabs? Uh, open tabs, Monterey. I wanted to see if that's where the Monterey Jack cheese was invented. It was not. It was in California. No. Uh, a couple words I had to Google. Esoteric. Intended for or likely to be understood by only a small number of people with a specialized <laughs> knowledge or interest. Another one. Pugilist, you said? It just means boxer. Yeah, who, fighter. Who knows that word, pugilist? It well, sounds bad. like a scary movie. And then finally, I did Google <laughs> uh, Las Vegas testosterone therapy after looking at Steve Fezzik's arms for an hour. 100%. I want to thank, first off, great job. It's a pleasure to work with both of you moving forward. I can't wait. Tom Crean, thank you for joining. Matt Moore, thank you for joining. And Steve Fezzik, thank you for coming into studio and joining. Anything on the way out, Mr. Shaw? Not today. Okay, he's the type of guy that is quiet at the end of shows. Coming up next, VEASAN Primetime, Tim Murray, Sean King right here. VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.